A few years ago, a friend and I were driving from LA up to San Francisco for a weekend trip. The first part of our drive had been filled with beautiful ocean views and hills speckled with wildflowers. But as we started to get more north, we entered the regions devoted to concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs. I will never forget, before we even saw the cows, we saw a horrifying brown-gray haze that enveloped our car. The smell was putrid, and before long we were screaming and clawing at the air conditioning dials, but it was too late. There was no escape from breathing in the feces-filled air. I remember looking at the cows and feeling sad for them and for the people that had to live near this all the time. I didn't grow up in California, but I lived there during the worst drought in its recorded history, when Governor Jerry Brown urged Californians to reduce their water consumption and almost enacted mandatory water restrictions. The bone-dry landscape ignited fires that could engulf entire counties. I knew friends and family that lost their homes in Sonoma and Napa counties, and I had to evacuate myself one time when a wildfire in Orange County came this close to hopping a highway and putting my house at risk. I remember packing up my prom dress, because priorities, am I right? But when the governor talked about cutting our water usage, I don't think it's fair that the onus was put on everyday people to take shorter showers, when by far the largest user of water is factory farms like the one I drove through. Urban water use is only about 20% of overall state water consumption. Agriculture is 80%. Think of how much water a small city of cows drinks in a day, and then tack on the hose water used to clean them, the water required to keep grass growing in their pastures, and finally all the water that went into growing the alfalfa to make their feed, and you can see how animal agriculture is the single largest waster of water in California. Maybe you've heard recently about the importance of healthy soils in guarding against drought and flooding, and growing nutritious food, and even drawing down and storing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Regenerative agriculture, or carbon farming, are such exciting prospects and you should really, really look into them. Experts on soil talk about how manure is the healthiest fertilizer there is. It feeds soil microbes. But on factory farms, all the animals are given a constant dose of antibiotics to ward off diseases. So applying their manure to the ground is effectively waging chemical warfare with the healthy bacteria in our soil. So that poop cloud we drove through was because farmers still haven't figured out what to do with all their cow's manure, so they spray it into the air like the world's most disgusting water park. Factory farms are just terrible for our environments, both in terms of natural resource input and pollution output. I chose to go vegan to boycott industrialized animal agriculture, and I hope you'll join me in drastically reducing your meat and dairy consumption. If you do eat meat, get it from a small local producer that practices rotational grazing. In fact, that really goes for all of your food. Try to shop at farmer's markets where the food didn't have to travel very far, and you can easily ask the producer how it was grown. 
We've already seen the power of consumer choice working its magic on getting nearly all eggs to be cage-free. So now I think it's time to cancel CAFOs. There's actually been some talk recently about banning new CAFOs from being built in certain states, and some of the Democratic presidential candidates said that they would support that, so I'm getting pretty excited about that. <laughs> you know, you could say that I'm devoting my life to addressing food policy because I'm terrified, <laughs> and that would be true. You know, a degraded environment that can no longer produce enough food for our population will kill us faster than any other negative result of climate change. But you could also say I'm devoting my life to food policy because it's the only thing that gives me hope. There is so much potential for our food system to not only slow but actually reverse climate change if we do it right. So let's do it right. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Bite-Sized Food Policy. It's my entry to the Scoop Journalism Contest put on by Earth Day Network, and if you don't know them, check them out, they're super cool. They're mobilizing the world's largest environmental movement, and they really understand how interconnected food production is with climate change. So thanks for listening, and tune in for some new episodes coming very soon. Mm-hmm.